Island Church in Galveston, Texas welcomes you to our podcast. We trust that you will be encouraged by today's message. Father, thank you for the word. Speak to us today. Lead us and guide us into the truths of your word and show us things to come. We thank you for revelation knowledge in this place that you would take the things of Christ, reveal them to us, change our lives today by what we hear. And we give you the praise, glory and honor for that in Jesus name. And everybody said, amen. 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 You could be seated. I thought I saw Natalie in here somewhere. Did I see her? Mm Mm-hmm. She was in my Bible school. I had a Bible school for a year, and she was in it, and we're still working on her. But, but, but uh, it's so good to see her. I always look forward to seeing Natalie and giving her a hard time. All right. I want you to go to Mark chapter 4. All of this teaching is taken from Mark 4. We won't be able to get to all of it today, but we'll, we'll hit some of the high spots. Mark chapter 4, Jesus is teaching about the Word of God. And the place that God's word holds in God's kingdom. And this is very important. You know, you might think it's kind of ancient. It's a 2,000 year old book at least. And some of it a lot older than that. How can God's word be relevant today? Well, Jesus is going to teach us how that it's so. And, And it is relevant today. Truth never goes out of style. Truth never, never, never gets never ages. It never changes. It never conforms. It never develops. It doesn't have to be updated. And the Bible is truth. God's word is truth. And so Mark chapter 4, Jesus is teaching through three different parables and also a principle. He's talking about the importance of God's word and how God's word works in God's kingdom. And it's fascinating it's intriguing, and I think you're going to love this. But let's go to Mark 4:24 and notice what he says. He said to them, Take heed what you hear, for with the same measure you use, it'll be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. Everybody say, More, more. will be given. Now, we don't think like that. We're Americans. We think to you who work hard, more will be given. To you who deserve it, more will be given. To you who are in the right place at the right time and do the right things, more will be given. But that's not what Jesus is saying here. He said to you who hear, hear, not do, hear, more will be given to those who hear. God has chosen to transmit transfer his blessings, his infinite blessings, his, his wealthy, I mean, without, there's no way to calculate the value of his blessings. He's chosen to transmit them through hearing, not doing, not earning, not paying, but hearing. That ought to be good news today because we can all hear. Now, if I had an altar call and said, how many of you want to do more so you can get more? Some of you would respond to that. But if I had an altar call and said, how many of you can, would just hear more in order to get more? Everybody ought to respond to that one. Say, what, is there any strings attached? I mean, what are you saying? I'm saying, if you hear more, you'll get more. So, you know, in what planet, solar system, universe, does that work? The kingdom of God. You know why? One reason is we couldn't earn it. He couldn't come that way. So he had to devise a new way to get his blessings, his wealth to us. 
because we couldn't earn it. I'm glad he didn't say, to those who deserve it, more will be given, because most of you wouldn't get anything else. <laughs> Amen. The kingdom works this way. It's very orderly. God, you can know what God's going to do. He works through principles. But if you don't learn how he works, then you'll always be trying to catch up and, and get back and, and trying to get in place and trying to figure out what, what happened and, and why didn't this work and why didn't that. But God works through kingdom principles and he's very predictable in that sense. It says... Take heed, I'm going to start again. He said, take heed what you hear with the same measure you use, it'll be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. Whoever has, to him more will be given. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Well, that doesn't, sound even, that doesn't even sound fair. So there'll be some who hear and get more, and there'll be some who don't hear, and they won't even be able to hold on to what they have. Welcome to the kingdom. Now, it didn't say God took it away from them. It said they would, it would be taken away from them. Did you know the enemy's trying to take away everything you've received? The enemy's trying to rob, steal, kill, destroy you in any way that he can. In Revelation, Jesus said, hold fast to that which you have received. Why? Because somebody's trying to take it away from you. So what he's saying here in Mark 4 is, if you learn how the kingdom operates, if you learn this principle of hearing and receiving, you'll be able to get more and more and more. But if you don't learn this, this principle of hearing and receiving, you won't even be able to hold on to what you have. And that is how the kingdom works, isn't it? If, if you don't realize how you got something, it's going to be hard for you to keep it when there's a challenge, when there's somebody that wants to take it away. Now, if somebody wanted to take my car, if they came up and said, I, I'm taking your car. I'd say, no, that's my car. How do you know? Well, because my name's on the title. My name's on the license. My, I, it's registered to me. My name's on the, on the loan. <laughs> In fact, you can have it. Just take it. <laughs> take the payments and the car. But if, if a car just appeared and you had the keys and you were driving it around and enjoying it and somebody said, hey, that's my car and you had no proof, it'd be hard to hold on to it legally, wouldn't it? So what he's saying is when you go through this transaction where you hear the word, and you believe the word, and you receive the blessings that that word represents, you'll get more and more. But to those who don't learn to do that, they're going to be, they're going to struggle trying to hold on to what they have, their peace, their joy, their victory, their finances, their healing. Isn't that true? Everything that we have in the kingdom of God has come to us through believing words. It's an ingenious method that God has devised. You take his word to the world, and if they believe that word, they can have what we have. I don't have to take salvation in a, in a boxcar or a crate when I go to another country or another town, I didn't have to bring salvation here and check it through 
through baggage. Why? All I have to do is bring the word of salvation. And if you'll believe that word, you can have all the salvation you need. But what he's saying here is, let me read it again. Mark 4, 24, take heed what you hear. For with the same measure you use, it'll be measured back to you. You have to put value on the word. You have to put value on the spoken word, the word of God, the promises of God. A sermon like this, you have to see that there's something supernatural going on here. That God's word produces the fruit. That God's word will get you to where you want to go. That he sent his word and healed them. He sent his word and saved them. He sent his word and delivered them. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord's upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, recovering of sight to the blind, to preach liberty to them. That are we, we preach the word and it produces the results. If the people will hear it. God had to make it possible for everyone to be a candidate. So he said, I'm going to do it simply through speaking and listening. That's why our sermons should be simple. We shouldn't preach over people's heads. God's not trying to hold something back or keep something from you. He wants to get it to you. So he wants to make it simple. He wants to make it plain. He wants to make it real. He wants us to speak in the language of the people so the people can hear it and believe it. Because if you'll hear it and believe it, you can have it. Amen. This is the way God's kingdom works. I like it. How many of you like it? So if you need more, you need to hear more. If you want more, you need to hear more. Go to my website, listen to the Good News program. I'm telling you, this is all works together. It's important. We are not getting enough word in our society today. We're listening to all the wrong things. We've never been so connected, and yet we're using all these connections for the wrong input. You're getting the wrong input. You need to use the devices, use all this connectivity to get the word. So we spend thousands of dollars a month getting the word out on Internet TV and on Facebook and on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. Nobody my age ought to be on Instagram. We, we do clips and videos and, and audio and we make new. In fact, in the last two years since I've been coming here and, and I was here when I told you I was going to do all this. We've made 14. I was counting it the other day. I've done 14 new series. Usually I do two a year. 14 new series. I've written a book and 265 daily television recordings in the last two years. It's like a it, it's like. I just feel like the Lord's saying, get it out there. Get the fuel out there. Get the word out there. Get it out where people can connect. and get. They need it. The people need it. And you know who it helps? Let me tell you who it helps. It's real simple. You say, well, I mean, God just blesses whoever he wants. No, no he doesn't. Who, who does the word help? I'll tell you who it helps. With the same measure you use... It'll be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. Who does it work for? Whoever hears it. This helps us understand the kingdom, doesn't it? You know, back in the old days, they used to say things like, come on to church tonight. This might be your night. Tonight might be your night. I know last night wasn't, but tonight might be your night. You just never know 
what God's going to do. Well, in a sense, you do know what God's going to do. I can take this verse, this principle, and explain a lot of things that have caused a lot of problem in the kingdom of God. If you had two unsaved people sitting in the service, and they both heard the salvation message, I'll tell you who God will save. And it's not the one that needs it the most, or the one that suffered the most, or the one that cries the loudest, or the one that laughs the loudest, or the one who comes forth. It's those, the one who believes the message. That's who will be saved. So if two people come with the same need and one of them gets their need met and the other one doesn't, it's not because God chose one over the other. It's because one heard and the other didn't. The kingdom's very fair. I just want to encourage you to listen more. Tune your ears in. That's what he's saying here, isn't it? To those who hear, more will be given. Whoever has to him, more will be given. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. The New Living Translation says, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you'll be given and you'll receive even more. What you hear can change your life forever. The most valuable things that we've received in our lives have come through hearing. You say, well, I don't know, brother. I, had a, I have a degree, and I worked really hard for that degree, and it changed my life. Yeah, it did. It, there are things you can do. If you rob a gas station, get caught, and go to jail, that'll change your life. That's doing something that would change your life. But if you hear the gospel and believe it, you can be saved and go to heaven Forever! A little bit different. That's more radical. That lasts longer. And you can't get that any other way. I'm glad I heard the salvation message. I'm glad I heard about the baptism in the Holy Ghost. I'm glad I heard that God heals today. I'm glad I heard that God can give us victory. Because all of those promises produce that blessing in your life. If you don't hear it, you can't ever see it. And that's what he said in Romans 10. How can they believe in whom they've not heard? Well, they can't. God's not out just doing things for different people however he feels. He didn't just decide to save you one day. You were walking down the street and God says, I'm just going to save them. and just That's not how it happens. You get in position, you hear, and you respond to a word. Did you know that we couldn't even... Every altar call that we have in church is a response... To a word, not a need, a word. If it wasn't for the word, we wouldn't know what to come down here for. We wouldn't know what God was going to do. I mean, we could come down, but we wouldn't know for sure if it would work or if God cared or if God was going to answer if anything was going to happen. But when we focus the altar call around a promise, then you know for sure. This is what God said. This is what God put his blessings in the Bible in seed form. His blessings are not always fully manifested, but they're always here in seed form. Are you getting this? Now, let's go down to, to, to one of the parables. There's three, and I'm not going to cover all of them, but I'm going to cover, cover one here. Um, let me find it. And this is the, the uh, parable of the mustard seed. And it is 
I've got like, yeah, thir uh, 31. Mark chapter 4, verse 31. There's also the parable of the good ground and, the, and the, the, the bad ground. We won't go to that one. And then there's also the parable of the farmer who sowed and went to bed in the, at night, got up in the morning, and the seed sprouted and grew. He didn't know how. But we're going to go to Mark 4.30 where it says, in, it said, To what shall we liken the kingdom of God, and with what parable shall we picture it? It's like a mustard seed which when it is sown on the ground is smaller than all the seeds on the earth. But when it is sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all herbs and shoots out large branches so that the birds of the air may nest under its shade. So this is a, a, a parable talking about the importance of the word and how insignificant the word really looks. The word doesn't really overwhelm us in most cases. Today is not real overwhelming. There, in fact, I've taught on and looked at and studied the seed principle, and it's really hard to get people excited about a seed. They're not really flashy and colorful. They're really not what you're looking for. You really want the end result, but, but the seed is how it comes. In fact, everything that we have in life today is the result of seeds. And some of you folks didn't know that green beans come from seeds, not Del Monte. They come from seeds. Say, well, I just go down to the store and buy them. Yeah, but if somebody hadn't planted that seed, you wouldn't be able to get green beans at the grocery store. They would stop to be. They would cease to exist if somebody didn't plant the seed. And in the kingdom of God, it, it still works that way, except I can't always plant your seed and get your harvest. Sometimes you're just going to have to do it from scratch yourself. You're going to have to take the word and hold on to the word and let the word manifest in your life. But, but, but we're so geared for the, you know, the fancy, the exciting, the spectacular, that if we just get the word, sometimes we're underwhelmed. Man, I've been, of course, traveling now for 30 years. This is my 30th year to travel and preach. And I've been in some really good places and some real hard places. But it's very difficult to reach a crowd when they don't accept or they don't want to receive, or they're hard to, to impress. You know, I mean, sometimes all I have is a word, a, the word, the word. That's really what I've been taught and, and, and sent to do. The sower sows the word. So, so some people are just disappointed if that's all that happens. If all they get is the word, then they feel like they've been cheated. You know, a farmer goes out, plows a field, and puts and plants seed. That's an exciting day. Now, that's not as exciting as harvest, but you have to do that to get harvest. And if we as Christians want the full manifested blessing without planting a seed, it's not always going to work that way for us. Sometimes you just have to take the word and let the word work. It's like a mustard seed. It's the smallest of all seeds, but when it's sown, it becomes greater than all. And that's what's happened in your life. If you've become a Christian, the Word of God is something we don't do it all the time, 
we ought to be fairly consistent, but it, it's a, it really overall, it's a small part of our life, church, and our Bible reading and our prayer time. We work probably longer than we do that. We sleep more than we do that. We spend time with family probably more than we do. And people that know you know you come to church and they probably don't get it. Why, why do you spend all your time down at that church? I mean, you finally get a day off and you're going to go to the church. Do they pay you for that? No. <laughs> Not really. Do you, you mean you, they don't pay you? You just go to the church and we give money. You give your money at the church? And they, can't, they don't get it. They don't understand. They don't, they don't agree with it because it's easy to, to despise and not value the mustard seed. But it's the part, that, that, the seed that's planted and it grows up and becomes greater than all. I may not give you, be able to give you a fully manifested healing, a fully manifested deliverance, a fully manifested miracle, but I can always give you a seed. And if you understand the way the kingdom works, you'll be excited to get that seed. I'm going to use my, my, my seed illustration. It's mine. I guess I can use it as many times as I want. But if you came uh, to church, my wife, she, she, she makes good pies. She's a good baker. And she makes good pies. If, and if she made one of her famous apple pies, let's say she made 10 apple pies. And we had an apple pie altar call. How many of you would respond <laughs> to the apple pie altar call? And you came down here, and we're all going to bow our heads and receive. We'll pray the apple pie prayer. And we'll receive the apple pie. That'd be fine. Especially now that it's afternoon. I mean, it... And if I gave you one of her apple pies, you would like it. You would go home and eat it. And you'd think, man, that is a good apple pie. On a scale of 1 to 10, it's up there. It's a good one. They're real apples, not canned. You know there's a difference. They're real. She wouldn't waste her time on canned. It's real apples. Sliced and peeled, seasoned just right, baked, homemade crust. Well, maybe not homemade crust. <laughs> and you can heat it or eat it cold or room temperature. Either, anyway, is fine. In fact, do three pieces, one each, <laughs> and see what you think. So if I did that, you took that, you ate that pie. When you ate the pie, it wouldn't be gone. And you'd be waiting for the apple pie evangelist <laughs> to come back to your church the next year so that you could come down again and get another pie. And that would be a nice arrangement. I could be your supplier. <laughs> you could come to me and go through me every time and any time you need a pie. That's job security for me. But what if you came next year and you came forward for the apple pie altar call and instead of an apple pie, I gave you a bag, cellophane bag, a Ziploc bag full of apple seeds. You'd be tempted to go, are you kidding me? I came down here last year, I got a whole pie. This year, this is it? Yeah, my wife's been busy. You know, try, I, I had some, couldn't get them on the plane. They lost my bag, my apple pie bag. 
but here's some apple seeds. You might be tempted to be disappointed, disgusted, wonder what my problem is. Hmm? He's always been able to produce before. I guess he's lost it. Maybe the next evangelist can do better. I need a real apple pie. What kind of a joke is this? It's not a joke. You see, if you took the apple seeds, I understand there's a process involved, but if you took the apple seeds and you do what's possible with an apple seed, you could produce apples and you could actually have apple pies for the rest of your life. And you'd never have to come to me for another one. You'd never have to go through me to get one. And that's what God wants for you. It's His best way. Isn't that cool? God wants you to be able to go to His Word and get whatever it is you need. But we're Pentecostals. I mean, we came out of denominations because they told us God did miracles. So show me the miracle. And we want it wrapped with a bow on top, with our name on it, handed out at the altar. Do you understand what? I, and sometimes we do receive instant manifestations from God. We see the miraculous. We do experience things from God that way. But don't be disapp disappointed if what you get is a seed. Because this is how the kingdom works. Psalm 107.20, he sent his word and healed them. That's not how we would have written that verse. We would have written it as he sent his anointing and healed them, or his power, or his healing evangelist and healed them. But that's not what it says. He sent his word and healed them. Isn't that exciting? I know, it's not exciting. It's tough. It's, it's tough to take a seed. I was doing this on my TV program, and I got a bag of seeds and put them on the table. And, and it's just like almost like dust. And I said, you try to make that exciting. And now on the seed on the bag was flowers, and the flowers are beautiful. Oh, yeah, and different colors and all the really, the, the leaf and the aroma and all that. It's beautiful on the picture, but, but if you don't do the seeds, you can't have the flowers. And I think a lot of times that's what we want. We're Americans. You know, I got, I got things to do. Can you give me my miracle so I can go? I need it now. Is anybody getting this? Amen. The Word is what the kingdom is built on. If it's not in the Word, you can't have it. But if it is, you can have it. You don't have to go through me to get it. You can take His Word, stand on His Word, and get what that Word represents. He put His blessings in the Bible in seed form. And anybody can take them and speak those words, preach those words, sow those words anywhere in the world. And that if, they, if they hear and they put value on what they hear, they can have the same things you have today. Anybody, anywhere. When I was a little boy, I went to a Baptist church to visit. We were Methodists. I always say, that's why I'm so nice. I grew up Methodist. We were nice folks. We didn't fight with 
The Baptists were always fighting and carrying on. We didn't fight. We, we were nice. We, we did the Beatitudes. Blessed are the peacemakers. I still remember that. Blessed are the peacemakers. We were happy and, 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 and nice. And, and, and I went with my dad to a Baptist church, and they had an evangelist at this Baptist church, and he was preaching on hell. And they should rate those. They should say, you know, this is rated R for violence or whatever. <laughs> but they let little kids go in there. And listen, this guy scared the life out of me. I mean, he preached on hell and the fires of hell and the return of the Lord. And I went home and thought, I, I, I was petrified. My only, my only thought from that time on was, I do not want to go to hell. And I don't know how to escape hell. I'm Methodist. We don't know how to get saved. You shouldn't go to a Baptist church without some kind of a handout. Because all I knew was you're going to hell. And I went back to the Methodist church and I don't know how to escape hell. I mean, they, they, they didn't have altar calls at our church. Every once in a while, somebody would wander down at the end and uh, the pastor would shake their hand. And then they would sit down. And I thought, yeah, I need more than a handshake. I don't want to go to hell. So I began to pray, God, save me. I want to be saved. I want to know that I'm right with God. And, and then the, he told us that, you know, the lightning was going to shine from the east to the west. So I always had my eye on my window, which was on the east. I made sure on the east. I don't want the Lord coming back and sending me to hell. And, and then and the trumpet's going to sound. You know, I had just enough information to just keep me scared. So I'm listening for the trumpet to sound and I'm watching for the lightning to shine and I'm praying all the while, God, please let me go to heaven. I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. And, and I, got, I got nothing. I didn't feel anything. I'd go look in the mirror and I'd hear this voice. You don't look saved. You don't act saved. You don't feel saved. You can't be saved. You're probably going to hell. And I would just pray, and this went on, and finally we visited another church. It was a missionary Baptist church, and I got up the nerve. They had an altar service, and I went down. I went to the front, and I, I, I knelt at the altar, and I, I, I cried, and I had a wonderful experience, and everybody congratulated me, and everybody's happy, and I felt saved. How many of you know I felt saved? So I slept good that night. I didn't, I didn't pray, you know, God saved me. But that feeling went away after about three days. Something about life as a nine-year-old, you know, a few, a few scoldings, whippings. Have you ever, no, nah, I'm not going to get there. You don't know anything about, you millennials don't know what it's like. Switches and belts. Anyway. This is Texas, right? They're not going to take me to jail for saying that. I, it always amazed me when my mom said, go get me a switch. Okay, I'll be right back. I'll get a gun. Somehow I never could find one. One time I came back with this rotten stick. You know, I thought, one swat and that, that thing will be. Anyway. Living life, I mean, it didn't take much, and it's like, I can't be saved. There's no way that you can get a beating like that and be saved. There's just no way. I'm not going to. And so I'd start praying again. And then uh, several months later, we went to a Nazarene church, and they had an altar call. And boy, I went down. I was scared. I didn't go first, but I finally made it down to the altar. And another experience with God. 
Wonderful experience. I felt the presence of God. I cried, and everybody's congratulating me, and I got saved again. <laughs> and I sat down, and I slept good that night. But it didn't take but about three days, and it, that feeling was gone. And, and, I, and, I, and I was wondering, if I, am I saved? Am I going to heaven? I don't feel saved. I, I want to go to heaven, and I'd pray. And, uh, and, and one time we... We went, um, I went camping with a friend of mine. I spent the night, we, we were looking at the stars. We were just little boys. Here we are outside looking at the stars, and we start, you know, being philosophical, I guess. And his name was Alan. Alan didn't go to church. And uh, I said, Alan, oh, Alan, I'm just uh, looking out and thinking about God. And I said, I, I just want to know I'm saved, Alan. I just wish I knew I was saved. I only want one thing. I just want to know I'm saved. I want to know I'm going to heaven. Man, Alan, he didn't know what to say. He, he, he said, well, he said, Greg, I don't, I don't go to church. I don't know a whole lot about it. But he said, I'll tell you this. If anybody that I know is saved, it's got to be you. I'm sure that you are going to go to heaven. And, you know, that didn't help me at all. <laughs> I appreciated his sympathy, but somehow I knew that if you're standing in front of God Almighty and you say, but Alan said, Alan's sure that you need to let me go to heaven. I knew that wasn't going to work. So I thanked him and continued my desperation. Then I heard on Christian television somebody give their testimony. They said they were gloriously saved. Have you ever heard that term? That cost me months. Glorious. I thought, I know I ain't been gloriously saved. There's no way I've been gloriously saved. That's what I need. I need to be gloriously saved. And they explained it. They said they felt the power of God come upon them. They tingled all over and it hit them in the head and went right through their body and right out of their feet. And they got gloriously saved. And that, that was it. I went back to my little bed, you know, that night. And I said, God, I need to be gloriously saved. I am not saved. Nothing like that has ever happened to me. I need to be saved. And lo and behold, it wasn't but a few weeks later, I woke up in the middle of the night and I was tingling all over. That's pretty good for a Methodist boy. I felt the power of God and it hit me in the head and went right through my body and right out my feet. And I thought, I've been gloriously saved. I just got gloriously saved, just like the guy on TV. And I went to sleep that night with a smile on my face because I was gloriously saved. And you know, that feeling didn't even last three days. It was gone. I mean, the morning I woke up, that morning, the next morning after that glorious experience, the first thought that came to my mind was, you're going to hell. I thought, oh my gosh. I thought, you run and look in the mirror and say, yep, you're right. You're right. I can't be going to heaven. I've got to, I've got, I need to be saved. And, and, and back then, you may not remember this, but there was a new network called PTL. And they were on there preaching the gospel and encouraging people to call in. And I was desperate. I went and called in. I said, I want to be saved. I snuck around. I didn't let anybody know, but I, it was 800 number. And I called in and I said, I want to be saved. And they prayed with me over the phone and it helped for about a day. I found out the PTL salvation only lasts a day. The glorious salvation only lasts like 12 hours. Now, if you're actually in a church and you walk the aisle, that's three days. That'll be three days. 
So that wore off in a day. And then I was watching the 700 Club. Y'all remember that? And I, and I called. I snuck around and called them. And I said, I want to be saved. They prayed with me. And same thing. It didn't last but maybe a day. So I was just desperate. This went on for a few years. Finally, Billy Graham came to a, a city close to where we grew up. He came to Memphis. And we went, my whole family. Uh, my dad drove us to Memphis. And we went in the big stadium. And you know those crusades? They show them now. They, they show reruns. But we were in this big football stadium, and Billy Graham preached a salvation message, and it was wonderful. And he had an altar call, and they played Just As I Am. Does this bring back memories for anyone? They played that song, Just As I Am, and thousands of us streamed onto that field and they were ready for us. They had counselors and my whole family, my three, uh, two sisters and me and my mom and dad, five of us, we went and talked to this counselor. He prayed with us. He gave us some material. He congratulated us and he dismissed us and we left and got in the car to drive the two hours home and we're in the car and everybody's got that salvation feeling. And I said, y'all feel pretty good, don't you? I said, well, you better hope that Jesus comes back in the next three days because it only lasts three days. It'll be gone in three days, and you're all going to go to hell. I've been down this road before. And you know, I was right. I, I have three days came and went, and I lost it. I didn't feel saved. I didn't look saved. I didn't think I was saved. I was praying to be saved. And I don't know. I think they got it, but I, I just was struggling. And one day, a few months later, I was in the kitchen in the middle of the day, not normally a place I would be uh, with school going on and all, whatnot, but I was home, and the phone rang. And back then, that was the good old days. There was no voicemail. There was no answering machine. In those days, if you called somebody and they didn't answer, it's like it never happened. <laughs> Not like today. I called. You can see the caller ID. I called. I left a voicemail. I texted. Back then, it was a phone stuck on the wall. No strings attached other than the receiver. And that's it. If, it. if you didn't answer it, you are not obligated. Well, I was there. So we have missed a lot of calls, you know. I was there, and the phone rang, and I answered the phone, and, and, and the guy on the other end said, I'm looking for Greg Fritz. And I said, well, that's me. I've never gotten a phone call in my life. I said, that's me. And he said, he said, well, good. He said, I'm glad I caught you. He said, I noticed you were at the Billy Graham crusade, and you got saved. How is it to be saved? Are you glad you're saved? I said, well, it's kind of a long story. <laughs> but I'm not sure that I can be saved more than three days. And it, I thought he would go, ooh, wow, wow, that's too bad. He was ready for me. It's like he'd heard that before. He said, well, let me ask you a question. I said, go ahead. He said, if God said you were saved, would you believe God? If God said you were saved, would you believe that? And I said, well, of course. I've been waiting for something like that. I pray every night. I listen. I never heard God say a word. I've been waiting for God to tell me I'm saved. Or I would, I would also accept him uh, uh, an open vision to see him write my name in the book of life in English so that I could see that happen. Or he could speak to me either way. I'm, I'm fine either way. And he says, well, he said, the Bible says, and I'm like, oh, 
Every time I make a call, every time I, 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 they want to quote the Bible, I just want to be saved. I don't need a Bible lesson. I just want to know that I'm going to heaven. Can you see the disconnect here? Yeah. The mustard seed, the, 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 the insignificance that we put on a word from God, the word of God, when that's exactly what we need. He said the Bible says that if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. Do you believe that? I said, of course I believe that. I've been believing that since I was, I grew up in the Methodist church. We believe that. Of course we believe that. Yes, I believe that. He said, then it says, this is Romans 10, 9. You can look it up. Then it says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Have you done that? I said, well, yeah, I've done it. I did it with PTL. I did it with the 700 Club. I did it in the Nazarene Church. I did it in the Missionary Baptist Church. I do it in my bed every single night of my life. Of course I've he, I said, I did it at the Billy Graham Crusade. You know, you were there. He said, well, let's just do it again. I said, well, let's just do it. And he led me in this simple prayer. Jesus, I believe you, God raised you from the dead, and I confess you as Lord of my life. Amen. He says, well, the Bible says that you shall be saved. And if the Bible is God speaking to us, and it is, then God says you're saved. And if God said you're saved, you must be saved. Amen. And you know what I said? I said, say that again. Say that again. He said, okay. It says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, do you believe that? I said, yeah, I believe that. I believe Jesus died for my sins and God raised him from the dead. I believe it. He said, it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Have you done that? I said, oh, yeah, I've done it. We just did it. Let's do it again. He said, all right, let's do it again. I did it again. Confess Jesus, Lord of my life. Take him as my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. And it says you shall be saved. And the Bible's God speaking to you. And if God says you're saved, then you must be saved. And I hung up. And I went around for three days saying, saying I must be saved. The Bible says I'm saved. I must be saved. I must be saved. I don't feel saved, but I must be saved because the Bible says I'm saved. I don't look saved, but I must be saved. The Bible says I'm saved. I don't act saved, but I must be saved. The Bible says, and you know what? From that day to this, I have never again doubted my salvation. And the difference was not the word of Alan. It was not an experience that I had in the middle of the night. It wasn't a march down an aisle to an altar. It wasn't a phone call. It was a word the Word of God. Amen. And that Word did what all of those other things combined could never do. We make a huge mistake in the church today when we try to get a harvest without planting a seed. It's not how the kingdom works. We need to be Word-based. We need to build our lives on the promises of God. Can you go with me to Romans chapter 10? I'll show you this, and then we'll, we're going to go do some more tonight. Will you come back tonight? Amen. Romans 10, and we'll start. Uh, now, if you go to 9, that's one, the one I quoted. Let's just read that. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him to from the dead, you will be saved. But let's go back to verse 6. 
He says, the righteousness of faith works like this. Do not say in your heart who will ascend to heaven, that is, who to bring Christ down from above, or who will descend into the abyss, that is, to bring Christ up from the dead. What he's saying is, if you want to be righteous, if you want to be saved, if you want the gift of God, you're making it too complicated. You don't have to go to heaven and have a vision. You don't have to descend into hell and pay the price yourself. That's not how this thing works. The kingdom's a lot more simple than that. The price has already been paid. The hard work's already been done. But you have to work within God's parameters. You have to obey these simple principles. And if you will, it'll work for you just like it's worked for anybody else in the world. He says, look, who's going to descend into the abyss? Don't say that. Who's going to ascend to heaven to bring Christ? Now, don't say that. Verse 8, but what does it say? How does the kingdom work? Here it is. The word is near you. In your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. I could have had that assurance all along. I already knew that word. It was in my heart. I just didn't put it in my mouth. I didn't use the word for what the word was meant for. I didn't take those seeds. I didn't value the seeds. I don't want to hear a sermon. I want to know I'm going to heaven. Well, that's how you know. I don't want to hear a sermon. I just want to be healed. Well, that's how you get healed. I don't want to hear a sermon. I just want to be delivered. That's how it works. You get deliverance words and deliverance seeds and, and healing seeds and salvation seeds and prosperity seeds. And those seeds work in you. They're planted in you. And then they begin to grow, first the blade, and then the ear, and then the full corn in the ear, and then comes the harvest. You can't jump to harvest without getting a seed. You need more word. We need to get more word. Do you know if, I don't have time to go through all this, but if you would just get the word in your life, the word does what the word does. In other words, if you were to go plant seeds in a field, you don't have to strain and struggle to make those seeds grow. They just, that's what they do. And the Word does that in your life. And if we eliminate the Word, and there's been a, good, a great effort in our country to eliminate the Word of God from people. We've had to abbreviate our services, our schedule. We've had to abbreviate our services. We've had to abbreviate our sermons to where people aren't getting near the kind of Word dosage they got years ago but we can turn that around how many of you can say amen? amen i dare say that many of you if you're struggling in one area or another you're it, there's nothing wrong with you you just need more word you just need more word and paul said i planted and apollos watered but it's god that gives the increase so whether it's planting or watering if you've already heard it, it's watering. If you've never heard it before, it's planting. But God will give increase according to the word that you have in your life. Be, uh, uh, take heed what you hear. For to you who hear, more will be given. Does that make sense today? There are things in your life that only the word will do for you. That's exciting, isn't it? You don't have to make seeds grow you just have to plant them give them an opportunity give them a place hallelujah just give them an opportunity be become good ground and keep sowing god's word if we had somebody come down here to be saved you know we could pray over them and shake them and anoint them with oil and we could baptize them and whatever you you can't push salvation into somebody 
Or you could stop all that and have a child share that verse that I just shared, Romans 10.9, and we could get them saved just like that. Why? Because it's the Word that does the work. Do you love the Word today? Would you stand up with me? Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Would you bow your heads for a moment? Father, we love you. We thank you for your Word. Jesus, you seeded the world with the word of God. And you said, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return it to be void, but it will accomplish that which I please and prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Thank you for the word. We couldn't imagine a world where there's no seeds. Well, you can't imagine a world where there's no word of God. It's, it's, we don't live in a world like that. Thank God for seeds. Thank God for the word. Help us to see the value in the Word of God. To hear and keep on hearing. Listen. Keep on listening. And let the Word do its work in our lives. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your Word. Say this with me. Say, thank you, Lord. That the Word of God was given to me. I don't have to wonder. If it applies to me, it does. Just like seeds were given to the world. And they'll work for anybody who plants them. The Word of God will work for me when I plant it in my heart. Thank you, Lord, for all your promises. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.